Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Amen. I hope you've been enjoying this series over the Gospel of Mark. I know I really have. Amen. We just have a few weeks left. Easter will be our last one, and we start a new series. But today, I'd like you to turn to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to be going there in just a few minutes. But at the very beginning, let me ask you some questions, all right? Uh, How many of you have uh, ever existed with a three-year-old in your life? All right. Uh, You ever notice that they ask a lot of questions, and one of the questions they ask a lot is, why? Oh, you guys are great. You got it there. Why do horses have four legs? Why do you have a mustache? Why do you wear glasses? Why is the sky blue? Why is that? And I guess really why is not a bad question. Uh, It's probably a good instinct that we ask why. So let me ask you some questions this morning. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Why did you come this morning? Did you come for blue cupcakes, white cupcakes? Why did you come this morning? But here's the big question I want to ask you today. What's your why? What's your why? Look at your neighbor and say, hey, what's your why? What's your, what's your why? Online, those of you, would you just type that in there? What's your why? I think it's important that we understand our why. You can understand your what. Yeah. You can understand your time. I mean, the talent that you have, the giftings that you have. But if you don't understand why God has gifted you the way that he has, or he's given you the education that he's given you, or the talent, you know, I... I can't do everything, so I, Andrea's begged me to come up and sing with the worship team and to play my accordion, but I just keep pushing her off, you know. I just smart. say, it's, it's not You're now. a smart man. I'm smart now. Because I realize that's not my why. But some of you, that's your why. God has gifted you, and he's wanting you to use your talent for him. Jesus was very assured of his why. Look at John 27, uh, John chapter 12, rather, verses 27 and 28. Jesus says, right now I'm storm-tossed, and what I'm going to say, Father, get me out of this. Read it with me. No, no this, this is, is why I came, came in, in the, the first, first place. place. Jesus said, really, if I want to go by my emotions, I'll say, get me out of this. I don't mm-hmm. want to lay down my life. I don't want to go to the cross. In other words, you sinned, pay for it yourself. Mm. But he said, no, I can't. This is why I came. I came to take Eddie, Michael, Howie's sins. That's why I came. I came. I think here at the Father's house, I want you to be sure you know our why. A lot of churches have different reasons that they exist, different missions. Here's ours. It's on the screen. Would you read it with me? We We are are bringing bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Would you say that again? We are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If there's ever a time that people need hope, It's now. And we've got the greatest opportunity to bring hope in just a few weeks. And it's called Easter. 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 You know, people are open to come to church on Easter, right? Even if they don't ever go any other time. So keep inviting and keep uh, being available to them. We're going to have some cards in a minute. But before Easter, 
we want to have our annual Easter cleanup day, campus yeah, cleanup yeah, day. Yeah. All right, it's good. It's important that it's we make the whole family. Oh, it's everybody, all ages. Everybody can come. You should have gotten an email that you opened and read last um, this past Friday. It had all the info in there. We want you to be a part of it. We want to get this place looking really yeah. awesome for our friends and guests and the people that you bring. You can text the word "cleanup" to the to our number. Yeah. You can go on and scroll and find that graphic and register that way. Chick fil lay if you come Ooh. at eight o'clock you don't have to stay the whole time stay as long as you can yeah. but listen we're also going to have a prayer walk we're yeah. going to have a prayer walk so don't say i can't do that there's something for everybody awesome. hey listen open your bible to mark chapter 10 let's look at this our, our lesson for today mark chapter 10 verse 32 through 34 now they were on the road going up to jerusalem and you know what jerusalem this is palm sunday so they're on going up to Jerusalem. Uh, everybody will meet Jesus. They'll be waving palm branches and all that. But everybody behind the scene is planning for his death. Jesus was going before them and they were amazed. In other words, he's out front leading. He's going at a fast pace. And they followed and they were afraid because he's already told them what's going to happen in Jerusalem. But now he tells them again. He took them aside and he began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed by the chief priests and the scribes. They'll condemn him to death. They'll deliver him to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, scourge him, spit on him, kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. Amen. Now, the disciples are bewildered by this. In fact, it says that they were fearful and they were afraid. This is the third time that Jesus predicts his death and his resurrection. So I hope you read the rest of the scripture. Let me tell you what happens immediately after Jesus says, I'm going up and they're going to do this to me. They're going to do that. They're going to crucify me. But nevertheless, I'll rise on the third day. And then there's a little bit of silence, mm. but not long. I mean, it's by the time Jesus exhales and catches his breath, James and John break the silence and come up to him. Wouldn't you think that they would say, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you came. It's just, no, listen to what they say. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, could one of us sit on your right hand mm. and one of us sit on your left hand? What were they doing? They were what we call line jumping. They were trying to get to the head of the line. They were office seeking. And here it is, here it is at, at, the, at the most vulnerable time of Jesus. And what are they saying? Hey, Jesus, put us up there, put us up there. Isn't it amazing how our world is full of James and Johns? You've met them. Go-getters, status seekers, hungry for honor. Posting, 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 posting. Look at what I've done. Look at who I am. I'm the greatest goat of all. You know, goat, greatest of all time. But Jesus said, if you want to be the goat in my kingdom, the greatest of all time in my kingdom. This is the theme verse passage in Mark. Look at it. Verses 43 through 45. Hey, it shall not be among you guys. But whoever desires among you to be great should be a servant. And whoever you desires to be first should be a slave mm -hmm. of all. In other words, you don't even have any rights in this. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom 
Jesus declares, I'm not a CEO. I'm a CSO. Right. I'm a chief serving officer. Amen. He uses the word diakono, which means wait on tables to be at one service. Think about this. The one who could heal by one touch, the one who could compel weather to change at his word, the one in whom the demons tremble, and the one who can feed thousands with a kid's happy meal, says, it's not about people serving you, but it's about you serving others. We're living in a world today with a lot of motivational speakers and tapes from everyone, from Dr. Phil to Oprah, chicken soup for the soul, and everything is zeroing in on you. Think large. Be a risk taker. Be positive. Run with the stallions. Achieve your dreams. But you know what? You can know your what, and you can do all of that, but yet feel empty and crippled because you don't know your why. True. Listen, Jesus is not diminishing ambition. He's saying, go for the dreams that I've given you. Go for the what. But understand, it has to come through the why. That I'm calling you to be a servant. And if you don't know that, here's what's going to happen to your life. Yeah, if you don't know your why, you're going to waste your life. Boy, that's good. That is so true. If you don't know your why, you will waste your life. If you don't know something's purpose, you are likely to misuse it. Yeah, that's right. So years ago, uh, Terry's parents were both... Uh, gone now, but we they would come and visit, and we would save up all of our uh, little things Fix-its. around, fix-it things around the house for Pawpaw. So uh, we were going to leave, and I said, okay, I got a list for you. Here's this, here's that, you know, sharpen the knives, fix that door jam, do this, do that, the other. So we left, and when we came back, um, everything looked good. I was like, this is awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, he said, well, you could have made the list shorter. But anyway, so <laughs> I went to go get the grapefruit knife. Yeah. And when I went in the drawer, I was like, I pulled it out and I said, what in the world happened to my grapefruit knife? He had straightened it out. I said, what happened to my grapefruit knife? He said, you should have seen it before I fixed it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I I guess you never saw a grapefruit knife before. So if you don't know what the purpose of it is, you might misuse that. So some of you are frustrated and you don't know why, probably because you're not living your why. God's pattern in the scripture, right, is all about you must first be a servant. I mean, we're talking about revolutionary Jesus who every other king wanted to be served. And here he's going, guys, no. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to serve you. So to be like Jesus, we need to serve other people. That's true of Moses did that. Joshua, uh, David, David, a thousand years after David, right? He was remembered as, uh, as Luke wrote in Acts 13, 36. That's good. For David, after he had served the purposes of God wow. in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his father's and saw corruption. He found his why, and he understood his why. Why did God put him in the places that he put him? I can't imagine a greater epitaph on your tombstone than to say, she or he served God for the purposes in his generation. Served God's purposes in his or her generation. You can receive no greater honor than that. So what if you miss that? Well, there's a word called sin, yeah. and it's hamartia. 
That's an archery term. You know when you're shooting your arrow at the target, there's a little bullseye right in the middle. Yeah. But if you're off, you're missing the mark. I found out how to do that, though. I shoot my arrow, and then I go dry the circle around it. Draw the circle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, some people do that. Some people do that, you know. Uh, that's why people are wandering around sometime. They don't know their purpose. And they try a different thing, a different job, a different vacation, a different wife, a different husband. I didn't say that. Um, you know, different, different, different. But, you know, and sometimes like moving the target, some people go, God, will you bless what I'm doing? Instead of, what do you want me to do, God, so do? I'll be blessed. That's, good. That's like moving the target. So we need to understand that we are created for heaven. Yeah. And what we do here on this earth, that's just merely for future, for our future life yeah. in heaven. This is a great story. I know some of you are too young to really know the impact that Elvis had on the world, Ooh, but most Elvis. of us know who Elvis was. Yeah. Um, but listen to this. It's kind of a sad story, but 25 years after Elvis died, his album of greatest hits was number one in the nation for three weeks. Right. Now, in spite of his enormous success, he was the king of rock and roll, right? He was, according to his friends, an unfulfilled and unhappy man. And he died of obesity and drug abuse and drug dependency at the age of 42. Wow. In an interview with his wife, Priscilla, she said this about her husband. Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be wow. Wow. or what his purpose in life was. Wow. He thought he was here for a reason, maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people, but that agonizing desire was always with him and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it, so he'd go on stage and he wouldn't have to think about it anymore. He didn't have a clue where to begin to look. In a sense, he was lost. Wow. Have the talent, the ability, but not know his why. So let me give you two quick points this morning, understanding two principles of the why. Number one, my why isn't about me. It's about being obedient to Jesus. Amen. Would you say that with me? My, my why, why isn't, isn't about, about me. me. It's, it's about, about being obedient, obedient to Jesus. Jesus. That's, what, that's, why, that's why we serve in, in so many areas. I serve because Jesus served. And he said, if you want to be great, serve. Yeah. And, and we should serve out of a heart of gratitude. Mm. I'm going to serve because I have a heart of gratitude. Not out of guilt right. or duty right. or pressure. Right. My why isn't about me. It's about being obedient. And yes. number two, my why is about others. It's about others. I love, uh, I love the quote that you told me. Who was it? John Wesley? John Wesley said this. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, oh. by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, and at all times you can, to all the people you can, as long <laughs> as you ever can. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't leave wow. a moment to Take not be doing that. something good. for somebody, right? Yeah. You're, maybe you're helping a friend. Maybe you're volunteering at the hospital. Maybe you're taking care of a relative. Maybe you're looking for an opportunity to serve somebody, to help somebody. And it's not something that you're forced to do. It becomes a part of who you are because now you have an attitude yeah. of serving. Remember, <laughs> to be like Jesus, he was the servant of all. That's where you get true happiness and true fulfillment. Right. You're not living to get. You're living to give. Yes. And that's why a lot of people are unhappy. Okay, so you were created to give. It's not about me, my, me, my, my goals, my life, my this, my problems. No. God puts people in our path 
to, to love, to serve, to give to. I mean, there are opportunities everywhere so you could be a blessing. We yeah. were in the movie theater the other day just waiting for the movie to start, chilling, waiting, and a lady came up real teary-eyed and she said to me, she goes, I really feel like the Lord told me to give this to you. And she's handing me something. And I was like, oh, she goes, I want to buy your movie. And she put money in my hand. And I was like, wow, thank you. For a minute, I was going to say, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that. But I didn't want to stop her blessing. Yeah. And I didn't want to stop my blessing. Yeah. I was like, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And she was ecstatic that she could bless us. So a, a follower of Jesus, a true follower of Jesus, really can't be like yeah. him unless we act like him, yeah. unless we serve like him. Remember, he said, hey, guys, you don't need to serve me. I'm here yeah. to serve you. Yeah. And every morning, I think we should ask, Lord, what's my assignment today? Oh, yeah. Here's a prayer that we pray every day. Holy Spirit, I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to flow through me today. Let me add value to someone today. Lead someone to you if you open the door, but help me to make a difference. Yeah. And I think every day, and in your life group this week, talk about that. Start every day. God, what's yeah. my assignment? What's my assignment today? I understood the assignment. Yeah. Some of you people know that. <laughs> <laughs> so years ago when we started the Father's House, it was all about people that served. It's not about me and Anita. You don't find our name anywhere on the marquee. You don't find our name anywhere on the printed material that this is our place and you honor us forever. Listen, I'm not going to be here forever. You're not going to be here forever. But the Father's House is going to continue. If we made 26 years, guess what? I think we're going to keep going okay. until the Lord comes back, Amen. all right? But it's built on people that have a heart to serve. You say, well, where should I serve? Well, do you see a need? If you see a need, fill that need. Right, right. We have a young lady here that's very, very faithful. Uh, for 20 years, she was in prison. I mean, for 20 years, she uh, ministered in prison. There okay, I should say that right to the girls. But, in, but at age 85, when COVID hit, she no longer could go into the prisons. So she continued to be part of the prayer group on Thursdays, teach a life group, uh, a grief life group on Thursdays, works with a count team on Monday, and has gone back to college to get her master's degree in theology. Oh, by the way, can I tell you, she's unashamedly 87. Dolores, would you stand? We honor you. Dolores! Go, Dolores! Woohoo! Amen. Amen. Dolores loves people. She's an amazing lady. Listen, if you're feeling bad about yourself or you're down in the dumps or something, go help somebody. Yeah. Go do something. Yeah. You feel better and they feel better. Right. Amen. Listen, where are you making a difference? That's good. And there's a lot of impactful areas where you can serve here at the Father's house. Yeah. Uh, I read the story the other day of two teenage boys that came into a meeting late and the building was packed. And when they saw it was packed and couldn't find, these are teenage guys, okay? They couldn't find a seat. They started to leave. An usher saw them and realized they couldn't find a seat. So he said, no, wait, 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 boys. Let me, let me find you a seat. He escorted them down towards the front of the church in the middle. And that night, those two boys gave the heart to the Lord. Mm. One of them, listen to this, one of them was Billy Graham. Amen. Come on, change the now world. Now you tell me 
that when that usher got to heaven, can you imagine the fanfare that he got? What if that usher hadn't been there? What if on that day the usher didn't show up? What if on that day the usher wasn't stationed at the door? What if the usher had thought, well, there goes two more. I'll give mm-hmm. her some more seats. No. They understood yes. that serving is the greatest thing. Amen. And you never know who you serve and how they're going to make a difference. Amen. All right, write this down. You probably have a little room there after point number two. Don't mistake anonymous with insignificant. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times people out front, you know, get the, uh, get the accolades or whatever, but everything is important. Everything yeah. is significant. Somebody told me from first service, you know, I'm star- I was starting to feel insignificant, but what you said really wow. helped me. So wow. even though, do you know the name of the parking people that parked you? Do you know the name of the people that checked your kids in? Do you know the names of the people on stage that worship every, that lead us into worship? But we should thank them every week, right? And I want to challenge you to get to know them. I want to challenge you to serve with them. But everybody is significant. Every job is significant. We've talked about that, the body of Christ. Not everybody is the eyes. Sometimes you're the little pinky toe. And and sometimes you just start where there's a need. Yeah. And I, I was talking to some of our staff this week, and they said, you know what? We have some real opportunities for people to serve. Mr. Ken and his team outside, they help me teach. They're the first ones on the front line that meet people. People make up their mind about whether they like the Father's house in the first three to six minutes. And that's the parking team. If you say, where could I make the most significant place here at the Father's house? I'm going to tell you the starting place is helping to park cars. Mm -hmm. Helping to park cars. And, and another area that we have is, our, you know, we have a medical team that's on staff and ready. We have a church full of doctors, nurses, and first responders, but we're about down to two people that work on the medical team. And also another area we have is with our ushers. That's a big area. Mm-hmm. And a keyboard player. We're down to like one keyboard player. So some days we don't even have that. So here's what I'm asking you. I'm asking those of you that don't serve. How many of you serve somewhere in the Father's house or in the community? Would you raise your hand? Look at that. Nice. In the first service, it's about three-fourths, about 75%. So I've got a great audience here that you don't serve. So you're not completing the joy that you have. So I'm asking you to take out a connection card. In the first service, I asked that. And have 13 people here that said, sign me up. Yeah. I want to help park cars. I want to be on part of the medical team. So I'm only asking for 37 more in this service. That was my prayer we this can do morning. It. God, I you want 50 it. new volunteers yes. that'll say, you know what? I want to make a difference with my life yes. and care. You say, oh, but I'm retired. Listen, listen. It's like the man who said, I'm, I was dying to finish high school. So I could go to college. Then I was dying to finish college so I could start my career. I was dying to finish my career, start my career so I could get married and have a family. And then I was dying for my kids to turn 18 and get out of the house. And then I was dying to retire only to discover right now I'm just dying. Mm. Because I never was sure why I was here. I want you to meet a silent hero that's traveled this world, and he won't even tell you all the places of high places that he... He won't tell you that he teaches time management to some of the greatest universities on the East Coast. 
but he's a guy that sits in this house and prays. And he's a guy also that volunteers without a salary to work with me as part of what many would call an executive pastor. But it helps us with our staff in growing. I'd like for you to give a warm welcome to my dear friend, Howie. Would you welcome him as he comes just now? <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. First thing I want to say is don't believe anything that he said, because <laughs> it's not true. Anyway, um, Pastor Terry started off by proposing a very serious question that one could take very lightly, and it's, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And before I start, I need to tell you the only reason I can sit here today is for two reasons. Number one, the Lord Jesus Christ changed my life. And number two is my wonderful wife, Betty. <laughs> and as I thought about what to say um, and how do you encapsulate 80 years in uh, 10 minutes, <laughs> I came to Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved, and that not of your own doing. It is a gift from God, not as a result of works that anyone may boast. Now, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Now, here comes the key word, that we should, should. walk in them. Should. See, it doesn't say that we will. And to me, the word should talks to potential. Yeah. And I want you to remember that. So here goes 80, 80 years. I started off, uh, I'm going to start at about 18, with a stellar high school career. Graduated bottom 25% of my high school <laughs> class. Now, for those of you who graduated up top, you need to thank people like me. <laughs> because without me, you wouldn't be there. I joined the Air Force and made a very critical life-changing decision. I went in the Air Force and there was this thing called the Chapel Guide Program. And I thought, hmm. Then I met some guys that were into drag racing. You can guess which one I chose. I chose drag racing. And that one decision impacted at least the next 18 years of my life. Um, I got married one of the best, second best decision I ever made. And I joined this little company called IBM in 1965. <laughs> now, I was living anything but a godly lifestyle, which I won't go into. In 1967, our son David, our second child, died. A year later, my mom died. I had already rebelled from God, and this just solidified my rebellion because I wanted absolutely unequivocally nothing to do with God. My career at IBM took off. They saw something in me that, quite frankly, I honestly didn't see. We had three overseas assignments, England, Japan, Australia. And this bottom 25% of the high school class was on the list to become an IBM vice president. Wow, wow. And we moved every two to three years. That was part of climbing the corporate ladder. 
Well, when we moved from Australia back to Connecticut, I worked in World Trade Headquarters. We were there in Connecticut for three years, and then we moved to central New York. And, you know, it was one of those things that uh, in Connecticut, I made a decision, haha, that what the girls needed was the girls needed to go to church. <laughs> no, I didn't, but the girls did. So rather than be a hypocrite, I started going to church. Now, this is how God works. It was not a church where the gospel was preached. But there's this company, many old people will remember Union Carbide. Well, Union Carbide put, started their world head headquarters in Connecticut. And they put two executives, well, they didn't put them there. Two of their executives went to this church. I loved to fish and I loved to golf. God put two guys in my life. One was a fisherman, the other was a golfer. <laughs> I committed my life to Christ in March of 1980 at 38 years of age. Wow. Best decision ever made. Wow. Second best decision is there. Yeah. We moved shortly after that to central New York. We had been in central New York probably about just about two and a half years, and I got a call, and the call basically said, your next job is in San Jose, California. And I've entered a new word, and the word was called no. Mm. Now, I need to go back for a second. As I, we were in Connecticut, again, wonderful family, great career ahead of me, everything the world had to offer. I distinctly remember on a Saturday morning, standing in my driveway, looking out into the woods, and making the following statement. If this is all there is to life, then somebody lied to me. Wow. Because wow. I was totally empty inside, fulfilled by the world standards, but yet totally, totally empty inside. Well, we moved to New York, and then I made that career-altering decision saying, no, I'm not going to move anymore. Well, we had started a youth program in our church and a Youth for Christ chapter in our um, uh, community. In 1991, really at the height of my career, I resigned from IBM and became a youth pastor at 50 years of age. Wow. Wow. And when I mentioned this to Betty and we started praying about it, her exact words were, oh, wow. <laughs> we did that, and, you know, it just became incredible, the things that God did, the lives that God allowed us to impact. Um, Betty said after I had left IBM, she one day, and if you know her, she doesn't make statements like this normally. She said, "Hun, I really think all your training and all your corporate experience, yes, God was preparing you yes, for what sir. you're now about yes, to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I can tell you that my priorities prior to Christ was my job, sports, and my family. But God changed that and gave, redirected me and gave me a whole different good, set of priorities. Good, good, Now we're up to date. I love to fish, I love to golf, but I don't want to do it every day of the week. I turned 80, and I started really questioning, God, am I done? Maybe I'm too old now. Maybe, you know, maybe I just can't keep up anymore. We, we're snowbirds. We're here for six months a year. Well, Pastor Terry started preaching in this series in Mark, and he got to the point in the second series where he talked about William Borden, and William Borden said, 
um, no reserve, no regrets, no retreat. And I felt like he was talking specifically to me, that God's not done with you yet, yeah. Howie. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me kind of bring this all together. Ephesians 2.10 says should. That speaks to potential. See, potential is possible. It's doable. But it doesn't say it's going to become a reality. Right. And as I struggled through this, I remember James 2 talks about faith with works. You don't get saved by your works, but faith with works. You know, the funny thing is, there's no age limit on that verse. That's right. No age limit. And God has blessed us with time, talent, and treasure. The only question is, what are you going to do with it, and why are you going to do it? Wow. Well, let me close with a Daryl Strawberry story. Now, I had, I don't know, we had about three to five Met fans in the first service. Yeah. Do we have any New York Met fans who are willing to admit it? We got one. <laughs> Looks like one. Oh. <laughs> Two. Anyway, Daryl Strawberry was a baseball phenom. He was looked at to be potentially the next Babe Ruth. The New York Mets also had a first baseman named Keith Hernandez. Crusty, crusty old bugger. Okay? One night after a game, Strawberry had hit a couple home runs and whatnot. The sports writers were talking to him. A couple of sports writers came over and said to Keith Hernandez, what do you think of this kid's Strawberry? What potential? Keith Hernandez said the following thing. Hmm. Potential. That means he hasn't done it yet. Oh. Anybody know what happened to Daryl Strawberry? He ruined his life with drugs, alcohol, and women. Now, you know, we all have potential, each and every one of us, regardless of your age. And there are a lot of things that need to be done in our world. And I would just encourage you to not retire, but let God redirect your life. Yes. Because, again, you have time, talent, and treasure. Yes. Let them redirect it. Now, Pastor Terry asked that question. I took the liberty of changing the question, and here it is. Why will you do what you do? Why will you do it? Why will you use your time for God, or why will you use your time for yourself? That's the burning question. Because, again, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Yeah. And through the love of Jesus Christ, we can spread that. Again, I read something this morning, and it's amazing. It says, retirement is not the end of the road. It's the beginning of an open highway. Wow. Wow. God bless. Wow. 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 Thank you, man. Thank you. Wow. So good. So good. You see, purpose is not about one big thing. It's not about, well, I'll write my book, I'll produce a movie, I'll start a business. No. It's about being faithful to Jesus and serve Him every day. The reason some of you feel empty 
It's because you're missing an opportunity for the greatest joy. Jesus said, when you do something good for somebody that's even the least in the kingdom, you've done it unto me. You've done it unto me. You know, we started off, and Anita told you that powerful story about Elvis. But if you're an Elvis fan, he only won one Grammy in his entire life. He sold 250 million albums but only one Grammy. And do you know what album that Grammy was for? It was for a Christian album called He Touched Me. And on that album, there's a song that Elvis wrote, and it's called He's My Everything. And it really, I think, resonated what was really going on inside of Elvis's heart. That's why after concert, after concert at night, one of the reasons he used the Stamps Quartet and some of the others to do backup with him with his rock and roll music, after the concert, he'd call them into the room and they'd sing gospel music. He'd drink until he'd fall asleep, but sing gospel music. But why was beating in his heart he knew his what, but he wasn't serving. Here's the words to that song. After the lightning and thunder, after the last bell has rung, I want to bow down before him and hear him say, well done, my son. Here's my reason for living. He's my king of kings. I long to be in his possession. He is my everything. One day, everybody here will stand before God, and God will say to you, if you're not a Christian, he'll say, what did you do with my son who died for your sins? If you are a believer, he'll ask you this, did you accomplish the why that I sent you? I gave you talents, abilities, background, education, let you be in America that's where you can live in freedom. I get, let you have a great family. Did you use, did you serve people? Did you serve in the community or in a church? Did you serve somewhere? Well, I'm sorry, God. I was just so uh, busy. You know, I was thought about it. I get thought I'd get around to it, but I never really got around to serving my why. And God'll say to you, wrong answer. What were you thinking? Do you think I put you on earth? Do you think I let you retire in central Florida, in, in Leesburg, in the villages? Do you think I let you have all that education, all that ability, all that talent to come and sit and do nothing with your life to make an investment in somebody else? Do you think I gave you the ability to sing, to play music? See, the reason a lot of people are so off track is because you're running from the what God gave you because you don't remember the why. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray that your spirit would speak to our hearts today. First of all, Lord, those that, as Howie was said, his life was empty until he surrendered totally to you. First of all, I know there are some that are here that their life is empty. They're alone, they feel desperate, their life has been, as Anita said, just a bunch of experiments because they've missed the purpose. They've missed the mark. We've all sinned and fall short of your glory. We're, we're guilty. 
God, you created the guilt that we're sensing right now. It's the Holy Spirit conviction to remind us that there's something missing. We've missed the mark. That we're so focused on our physical body. We're so focused on our business, so focused on this and that, that we've missed the mark of surrendering our life to you. Jesus, we thank you that you came into this world to purchase our forgiveness. You died for my sins. You raised on the third day so that anybody who calls your name could be saved. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. If that's you, in a minute, I'm going to pray for those of us that need to find our place to say yes. But if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. And I know it's, that's, that's not really an accurate way to describe it, invite him into your heart. It's just that I'm going to surrender my life to him. I'm going to say yes, as Howie told us a few minutes ago. But today you recognize, you know what? I need to let Jesus drive my life because it's not really going so well. It's not an accident that you're here today. Every seat in this auditorium has been prayed over this week because God knew that you'd be here today. He knew you'd sit in that seat and he wanted to call you by his love. In the Bible, Jesus walked by people and he said, follow me, and they got up and followed him. So today I'm just asking if you'd like to respond to Jesus touching your heart. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a minute and I want you to pray that prayer with me. We'll all pray this prayer as we've prayed it together before. Would you pray this prayer with me, Father God? Thank you for sending your son Jesus for dying for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life. I know I've missed the mark and I repent and I surrender. You said if I'd call upon your name that you'd save me from my sins. Fill me with your spirit as best as I know how. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the